Hello and welcome to the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. As always, I am super excited that you're here because in this episode, I am joined by fellow fitness and nutrition coach, Megan Nugent, as we go back in time and talk about the beginning of our own fitness journeys and what inspired us to start our fitness journeys and what pressures people often face when they're beginning their own and how everything you need is just outside of your comfort zone. Unfortunately, I meant for this episode to be published probably about a month ago, but my computer decided to take a dump. So I had to get a new one, jump through all of the hoops to recover this episode, but when there is a will, there is a way, and I had found the way. So go ahead and grab a cup of hot or iced coffee. Go ahead and go on a walk, sit back, relax, and we will talk to you soon. All right, today I have Megan joining me and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Megan, can you tell us a little bit about you, where you're from and how you got here? Yes, Um, so I am a fitness coach, uh, fitness and nutrition coach in Tampa, Florida. I was born and raised here, and I am also a mom to two little boys, and um, I have a wonderful uh, husband who is in the technology industry, and that's pretty much it. Megan, can you tell us a little bit about your own fitness journey? Yes. I won't go back to like 1984 when I was born, um, but <laughs> like I, um, I basically was never athletic or never uh, into really any sort of exercise um, until after I had my first son. And I feel like having children sort of puts like your own mortality uh, into perspective and you start thinking like, gosh, I probably should start taking care of myself and doing something active. Um, and also, you know, just like the, I felt the pressure to like get my pre baby body back, I guess, which, you know, that's a whole other podcast topic, but, um, (laughs) that is so true. (laughs) Yeah. So I started running with my sister and, uh, that was sort of how I got my start, which I started in like the heat of Florida summer and it was absolutely terrible and I hated it, but um, it sort of conditions you really well. So when the weather cools down, you feel like a rock star. And so, yeah, I just ran for a while with my sister and we would run races together and it was really fun. And, and I definitely saw results just from going from doing literally zero uh, exercise to running. And then sort of progressed from there. So started getting into the gym and doing like weight training. I mean, it was, there was more to that uh, journey than that, but, but yeah, I think I did way too much circuit training in the beginning, but that's a whole other story. (laughs) So like, it's, it's also like the beginning. Like I remember the first time, like I started my journey, like I remember walking like into the gym and just going straight to like the elliptical or the treadmill. Cause that's the only oh, yeah. thing I knew how to do. Like, it's like when you're a beginner, that's really the only thing. That's you like know. your, that's your safe zone. That's like, no one, you're not next to, you can just like put on your headphones and get on the elliptical or the treadmill and 
you're not bumping into people. You're not, it's like a, a safety thing. And I, I did the same thing for a while. Like I would run outside and if it was too hot to run outside, I'd go to the gym and I'd get on the treadmill. Um, and it took a long time for me to get that courage to walk into the weight room because it was that men and women feel like, I think it really just has to do with feeling judged and being nervous to, to start and not know what you're doing kind of thing. But absolutely. I completely agree. I mean, because that's how I felt as a beginner and I have a very similar, like I can totally relate to you because I started my fitness journey after having my son and he was oh, okay. like my driving force of like, okay, I need to be healthy for him because you need to have a mom that not only can lead by example, but that you can count on, that's going to be there for a long time, who you can look up to. Like, I need to set that example for you. Yeah. And I love the videos on your Instagram of your boys working out with you. It's so cute. <laughs> I promise I don't make them do that. They like ask me to do that. And I'm kind of like, if you want to, but we're like doing a real workout. It's not going to be like a baby workout. And, um, but they, I mean, they enjoy it. So yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so sweet. I just, every time I see it, it just makes me smile. Cause I'm like, they're having so much fun with their mom. I'm like, that is so cool. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good way to spend time with them. It's a great bonding experience. I think. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So Megan, how has fitness helped you overcome different obstacles in your life that you've faced? So we're going to talk about discomfort a little bit um, here shortly, but have there been anything that fitness has really helped you with overcoming? Um, so, I mean, I guess, I mean, I'm, you know, I can't say that I've had a whole lot of obstacles in my life. I mean, I'm a extremely privileged person. And so I don't have, a lot of like, you know, beefy guys and strong women. And that's intimidating. Like I was, I definitely feared judgment as a beginner. So. Oh yeah. And I mean, when you think about it, like, and I'm sure anyone listening can relate, like you can't really fuck up walking on a treadmill or going on an elliptical. No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, you can, and it's really bad if you do, like you can get hurt, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Like you push the turn, you know, you turn on the button and then you hit the arrow up button, you're done. Like it's not, there's no like real technique and everybody else that's next to you has to focus on what they're doing because then they'll fall off the treadmill if they don't. So yeah, you're safe from judgment there. You're kind of like, yeah, I can run on a treadmill. This is fine. Exactly. And I did like the same thing. I mean, cause when you're a beginner, like you get like all of this information, like vomited at you, like yeah. You know, like you said, like circuit training and then there's hit training and then there are different types of like booty blaster workouts and yeah, yeah. all of this stuff. And like, of course, like we're going to talk about this later when it comes to like the pressures for women and men, like just starting in the gym. But then it's like, well, these are what women need to do. These are the exercises women need to do. And these are the exercises men need to do. And just all of the crazy like pressure and misinformation there is, it can be super overwhelming for a beginner. Yeah. I started the, the same way that you did, just kind of 
run or walking. I was not, there was no way I was going to run, but <laughs> I probably should have started with walking to be honest with you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think the, um, I think the, the pressure that, you know, a lot of the, I don't, I, I didn't grow up with adversity. I didn't, uh, I, I am fairly well off in life. So I feel like, um, to, it's a that's a hard question to answer for me, but I think like from a mental health perspective for me, because that is an obstacle that I've faced uh, in the past and even now, um, that you know that hinders me from doing a lot of things in my life. You know, just like anxiety, like social anxiety, for example. And that carries over to your mental health and how you feel in everyday life and how you treat other people. And, and I think that it's, it's like that mind body connection. You know, if you feel good in your body and if you feel healthy, if you're eating right and you're, you know, getting your heart rate up every once in a while, and you're, you know, feeling like a badass in the gym, you know, you're, you become like more compassionate with yourself and you understand your own body more and that helps you relate to other people. And so it's, I, you know, I'm not going to say that it, it's like a mental health savior or anything. I mean, some people need more than that. And, but it's certainly helped me if I was going to look at the, one of the bigger, bigger obstacles in my life, I would say that that is uh, something that it's helped me with. So. And I think that that hel it helps so many people with mental health. I mean, I, don't know about you, Megan, but I had a lot of my own clients like throughout like the lockdown really struggling mentally just because oh, yeah. I didn't really realize how much physical activity and being out and going to the gym and resistance training, how much it really affected their life until they couldn't do it um, oh, yeah. regularly. And I think that's something, I mean, probably every single female that's reached out to me and, and every client that I have, if they go now a week without training, they're like, I feel weird. I don't feel like myself. I don't feel like something is off. I need to, I need to train again. Like I had a bad week. I'm my mental, you know, I feel like mentally unstable. I need to like get this out of me in a physical way. So I've, I've had the same experiences with clients and, and myself. I mean, there were, there oh, was yeah. to a point where I was like, I'm going to break into the shutdown 24 hour fitness <laughs> street. <laughs> I, will, I, will, I will go to jail because they have weights there. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> so it's, it's one of those where like I fitness has absolutely helped with my own mental health. It's helped with so many people's mental health. And I think it is honestly, and I, I hope I don't get flack for saying this for my listeners, but I really think it's especially important for parents. Oh yeah. Who have children who they're, they're not only dealing with taking care of themselves, but they're also dealing with taking care of these little dependent humans that want yeah. a snack every five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that's so true. I mean, I know everyone has probably read the thing. Well, not everyone, but, um, you know, how can you take care of your people that you care about and not take care, you know, if you're not taking care of yourself 
And I think that's very true. And taking care doesn't necessarily mean you go and kill yourself at the gym and then come home and take care of your kids when you're tired. Taking care of yourself can come from a number of different things, but I do think movement and exercise can be one of them. And I think like, especially for mothers, you know, you lose yourself, like who you are for a while before you can gain that back. Like you're pregnant for, I mean, really 10 months and then you, you know, have the baby and you're recovering from childbirth and then you're like either breastfeeding or not breastfeeding. It doesn't matter. You're still not yourself because you're up all night. And, you know, that is a period of really years before you can feel like you have your body to yourself. And so you have to like take care of it in the way that is for you, you know, like you are, you know, you have years before you get adequate sleep again, you have years before you can exercise without feeling like total garbage. Maybe, you know, you just, it's, it just depends, but it's all about finding a way to take care of yourself for sure. Yeah. And that, that can be something just as simple as a 15 minute walk each day to decompress. And I think there is this complex that a lot of people have, especially mothers, where you have to have everything on your plate that none of the food can touch. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's not pretty if it's all mushed together and whatnot. Like you have this plate that you're carrying and you're trying so hard not to let anything spill. And sometimes like you just need to mix the potatoes with the corn. Like, so oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you just have to do that. And, and I love that you bring up like your body. Cause my son actually just turned eight yesterday. And so it's Happy like, birthday I, to him. Oh, thank <laughs> you. yeah, I was reflecting back on it. And when you say like, your body's not even yourself, like I remember last night I was cleaning up his little cupcake birthday mess and he comes like running up and koalaing his self on my back. And I'm like, my body's still not mine. And it's been eight years. Right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. And so for, for the people listening, when it comes to, you know, I, I like that you bring up not killing yourself in the gym and then going home and taking other, like taking care of everybody else. Like, that leads us into a really good topic because I feel like a lot of people, they have this expectation when they're done with their workouts that they need to be sweating, they need to be on the verge of collapsing, they need to go balls to the wall every time, and then they need to go and take care of themselves. And sometimes that can be so mentally overwhelming for people that they don't even start. Right. Like, so there's this fine line and Megan and I have, we've, we've talked about this um, prior to this recording. Like there's this fine line between discomfort and like pushing yourself to, I don't want to say the point of no return, but kind of the point of no return to where it becomes an obsession to where it becomes unhealthy and, and a little bit toxic, like where, where this becomes obsessive. So Megan, how do you describe for the people that you work with, for your friends, for your family, like, where is that, that line when it comes to your comfort zone? I mean, I think like, and, and this is something that I think I've dealt with, with a couple of my clients, um, so far is they might 
you know, get busy during the week and miss a workout. And then they feel like they to do some crazy circuit training or hit training to get their heart rate up and to sweat because they want to burn calories. Um, and then it becomes sort of this like um, roller coaster ride for them. Like they go off the wagon, on the wagon, off the wagon, on the wagon. And it becomes like a, a behavioral thing where they're like, well, I didn't, you know, I didn't do the strength training workout. I ate pizza last night. So I'm going to go into the gym and run on the treadmill for an hour. And then I'll, you know, at night, maybe do some strength training, which maybe in their minds is a circuit at home where they're still, you know, doing the exercises in a fast, uh, fast fashion and um, getting their heart rate up still. So it's really not it's beneficial from, I guess, a heart, you know, health standpoint, but, um, they end up spinning their wheels. And so, um, I think that that mindset of like, I have to go in the gym and work my ass off and, you know, break a sweat and feel like I'm dead after ends up being not as optimal, you know, they, and then they wonder, you know, why am I not meeting my goals? Um, and I think it's, probably because they're more concerned with the calorie burn and less about, you know, what the, the long-term goal is, you know? So. Absolutely. Um, I think does that answer your question. Yeah, well, <laughs> I I people, I think people forget that this is like longevity. People forget about longevity and that this is a lifestyle like, yeah. And, and, to touch on that, I love that you brought that up because I think that a lot of people, like for example, they will kill themselves at the gym because they ate pizza and they did that. So they think the only way to do it is to get uncomfortable and go into the gym and murder themselves for that one slice. And it's like, or three slices, who knows how many slices they had, but yeah, it comes down to like, you don't need to do that. And I think that a lot of the times, like when I work with people too, I'm not sure about you, but I get this fine line between people pushing themselves outside their comfort zone, whether that's okay. I'm doing, oh gosh, we talked about this earlier, Bulgarian split squats and my quads are burning. My ass is on fire. I'm super uncomfortable. And instead of just stopping because you're uncomfortable, you push out the last few reps and you're proud of it. But that doesn't mean that you do that and then you're all of a sudden rolling right into squat jumps unless there's a reason for like, you know, you're being programmed that way. But yeah, I feel like that's also something that like people really have a hard time with is they have a hard time. Like there's this either or they're either (laughs) not pushing themselves hard enough out of their comfort zone and not trying new things at all. Like they're using the same weights for like the same, like the two months, they're using the same, let's say 10 pounds to do bicep curls, but they're never actually progressing or using progressive overload in their training. So they're kind of staying the same because it's comfortable or you're tacking on weight way too fast, or you're not really following a program and you're just kind of lifting just to lift. And I think that that's so like, it's interesting, I think, how people have a really difficult time finding that Goldilocks spot 
where it's not oh, yeah. hot or not too cold. What do you think? Yeah, I do. I think that too. I think isn't right. You're going to know that like, it's not just a muscle burn. You know, if you're doing like quad extensions on the machine, for example, those always burn. They don't feel good by the time you're at the end of the set. Like they just don't. And so, you know, like you said, you can push out a couple more reps and that's a different feeling than, okay, I just squatted and I felt something weird in my hip that didn't feel right. Um, and then you can maybe lower the weight, try it again, see if it hurts, but it's, I don't think that that's even something that, you know, um, to be in tune with your own body like that until you've been lifting for a while. And that's why, like, I almost think if you're going to start, like, it's really important to at least like watch like demo videos, read a little bit before you go in and just start like putting weight on the bar. Um, which I think most people probably do now anyway, but I think it's just knowing what that, you know, having trust in yourself basically to know, like, I'm going to push myself in these workouts. If I'm working with a coach, I'm going to trust them to tell, you know, to push me if they, you know, if they feel I need it. But most people I think can self-regulate that type of thing. Like most people can tell you if they're hurting and if it's just like muscle, like your muscles are getting tired. Is it that, or is it, okay, I'm actually like, I feel like an injury is coming on. Like something's messed up with my knee or my hip or whatever. Um, and then you have to have, you have to be able to tell them what they can substitute for those exercises that don't feel right. Absolutely. And I think that that's, that's so important. And I like that you say, you know, watch the demo videos, you know, educate yourself before doing it because it is like, and, and it kind of leads into like our next topic of like the societal pressures that men and women face, you know, in and out of the gym. Like I know for women, we feel that pressure that we have to be squatting because that's what you do if you want a butt when in reality yeah. we should be deadlifting and hip thrusting, but well, that's a, that's a topic for a different day. Um, squatting can help, but it's not the end all be all to building an ass you guys. But yeah. with like the societal pressure, I, I mean, it definitely makes sense. Like you go into the gym and like, as a beginner, you kind of look around and it's like a lot of women. And I don't mean to, um, to generalize this for, for those listening, but typically a lot of women, you see them using resistance bands, either lighter dumbbells, or you see them doing things like squats and glute bridges and, and all of these things. And then a lot of people see men hanging out by the bench, you know, yeah. doing bench pressing and bicep curls. And, and so a lot of the time, I think the societal pressure of, well, like depending on whether or not you are a woman or identify as a woman or a man or and identify as a man, like I feel like that has a huge impact on people, especially people who are just beginning. What are your oh. thoughts? Oh yeah, definitely. I think um I think, you know, when I first started and I the way that I started train like weight training was I bought an online program that was like a generic 
this was after I spent a good deal of time uh, doing circuit training on a very popular app that I basically, it was like 30 minute circuit training workouts, spent like a good 12 weeks doing that with like no results. And I'm like, why? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm doing and, everything um, right. <laughs> I'm doing everything right. Exactly. And um, although not paying attention at all to my nutrition or what I was eating, I ventured into the gym and had my program that I bought on my phone that was like traditional, like pretty much like bodybuilding style uh, workouts. And um, and yeah, it was primarily men in the weight room and I was very nervous and, you know, you have to spend time like looking at the machines and like trying to figure out how they work and all of those things, you feel like all the eyes are on you, but they're not. Um, and, um, I do think that for men that are new to the gym going in, it's intimidating because they feel maybe like they have to go in and bench press, you know, 250 pounds right off the bat, or they, you know, or they feel, I mean, it's intimidating. I think it's a, it's a, maybe it's an ego thing. And then for women, I think there are pressures to look a certain way before you even get in the gym, you know, that, you know, how are you going? I mean, I've heard some things, you know, some people say like, well, I want to get to a point before I go into a gym, I'm going to, um, I want to lose weight, you know, before I am, you know, seen in a gym setting. Um, and that's okay. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. You can do workouts, workouts at home and stuff like that. But I think that really, if the gym that you're at, you don't feel comfortable because you feel judged or you feel like eyes are on you, or you feel like the group that is there is not accepting of you for who you are, then there are a million other gyms that you can go to, or, you know, like you get a vibe. And I started out at the YMCA because it's very family oriented. It's an older crowd, which made me feel more comfortable. And so, and there weren't like a ton of like power lifter people there that were like <laughs> grunting and yelling and lifting heavy weights, which, you know, even that is intimidating sometimes. So, so yeah. And then, you know, the going back to the discomfort thing, it's, and, and knowing yourself, like sometimes I still go into the gym and probably lift heavier than I should because I'm comparing myself to other people. And that's, you know, I have to put myself in, you know, in check and be like, okay, do what is best for you. No one is looking at you. No one cares. Everyone, you know, we all think that everyone is looking at us and everyone cares what we're doing, but it's really not true. Like, people really only care about themselves. They're only, especially at the gym, everyone's looking at themselves in the mirror. You know? <laughs> like you only want to see your own muscles. That's it. You know? So that's but. totally true. And I think it's so funny because there was one time I had, you know, one of my friends and not, not one of my clients, but one of my friends, you know, they were like, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, do what? They're like, go to the gym. Like, how do you, how do you not worry that other people are looking at you? And I just looked at them and I'm like, because like Chaz, the meathead doesn't come to the gym at five o'clock to watch me work out. He comes right. to the gym to watch himself work out. Like, right. right. and I think a lot of people forget about that. And I feel like everybody in some way, shape or form, no matter where you're at, there is a little bit of discomfort from those around you. And oh. I, I feel like that's a very normal thing because we all want, 
I mean, as, as bad as it sounds, I shouldn't generalize, but like, we all want to be slightly impressive in some way, shape or form, whether it's to ourselves. And we don't want, I mean, I, it breaks my heart to see some of these stupid ass, like videos on the internet of people making fun of people at the gym, because that makes so many people not want to go because it's terrible. It's terrible. No, I, I agree. And like, like I, I think that that, unfortunately, I do think that that's like the minority. Like, I don't think, you know, whenever I had a friend say to me one time, because I was telling them about my fear of judgment. And I don't know that this had necessarily to do with the gym, but I was telling her, what if they think this about me? Or what if they think that about me? And she's like, well, do you think those things about other people? And I'm like, no, of course not. Like, I look at people with like, compassion and like I am like happy for them and proud of them or you know like I want the best for other people and she's like well that's how most people are like think of it that way that's how most people see other people is in a kind light not in a judgmental way and if they do see it in a judgmental way that's like on them that's like their shit like they need to deal with that um it has nothing to do with you and like there is something super vulnerable about being in the gym because you're doing movements that are like, especially with lifting weights, um, you're doing movements that are not necessarily comfortable. You're making faces that are, you know, if, if once you're getting to like lifting heavier weights, you're probably making some weird faces. It's not a place that you go to like, look your best and be in like, you know, you're kind of in compromising positions for certain exercises. I mean, the squat is like the squat, I'm sorry, but you know, it's just not, uh, it's, it's a vulnerable place to be. And so you sort of, I think that there's something beautiful about that. Like everyone there in one way, shape or form is being vulnerable. They have to be there and be seen. Um, but everybody is there for a purpose. Everyone's there for the same reason. It's like to better themselves. And that can be better for better health, for longevity. It can be to look better, to feel better, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's all like for the same goal. So all those people that take those terrible videos, um, they obviously have their own issues that they need to work out. Absolutely. And, And they have big issues. I mean, yes. any, any person that thinks that it's appropriate to like film somebody and make fun of them trying to better themselves in a gym, like, bro, there's a special place in hell for you, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, exactly. it's not, it's not okay. Or people that, what I've, what I've also found is people that like feel the need to tear other people down with what they're doing, the weight they're lifting, the exercises that they're doing in order to make themselves feel better. Like, like you said, like they're just projecting their own insecurities upon other people. And if that's, what's making somebody afraid to start, like you're better than that anyway. And don't let people like that stand in your way because those people aren't even worth the energy, like not worth it. So What do you think is a common misconception that is holding people back from reaching their goals since we're on the topic of, yeah, (laughs) um, I've, I mean, there's so many it's, um, but, um, if I had to choose one, um, 
I would say, I think people tend to, it kind of goes back to what we were talking before. People tend to prioritize cardio and prioritize um, getting a, a good sweat and they're one, maybe they wonder why they're not reaching their goals because they're doing all the right things and they're working really, really hard in the gym and exhausting themselves. And they wonder why, like they, maybe they've lost weight, but then they stopped. They like plateau, but they're doing like all this cardio. And that kind of goes along with, you know, the, there are tons of people that sell like the 30 minute circuit training, you know, programs and you see the before and afters and these may be people that have never done any sort of exercise. And so their body, you know, has never adapted to exercise. And then they start doing this like crazy circuit training and they lose a ton of weight. But uh, yeah, I think it's, I think the, the hierarchy of what is important for reaching your fitness goals is sometimes flipped. Like people think that the most important thing is to do cardio and burn calories when really it's get your nutrition dialed in do resistance training. You know, if you have 30 minutes, uh, in a day, what, what do I do? Do I do cardio or do I do like a really good full body 30 minute strength training, uh, or resistance training session. And to me, I would always choose resistance training. I don't know that I, I don't know that. I mean, the, I guess not always, but I don't want to put my foot in my mouth, but I do. I mean, I don't know. I know what you're, what you're saying for sure. Like I think like that and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what, what you're like, where you're getting at is like the, a big common misconception is you need to do cardio to burn calories, to lose weight. When in reality, you really just need to focus on your nutrition and just like putting an external load on your body and building yeah. strength versus trying to exercise to burn calories. Is that kind right. of what you were getting at? Yes. Thank you for hearing no, um, totally that. Fine. But I, but I mean, you know, and, and there's, and I don't want to say that you shouldn't do cardio. I mean, that's how I got my start. And um, I think that's how a lot of people start and maybe they have to come to that realization on their own of where they want to go with it. You know, if you love to do cardio, then you should absolutely do, you know, if you love to run outside, then do go for runs outside. Um, if you're just starting, but I think if you get to a point where you're like, man, why, why am I doing all this work and I'm sweating and I'm killing myself and I'm not meeting my goals. I'm not, I don't look the way I want to look, or I'm not, um, as strong as I want to be or, or whatever, then I think maybe it's, time to dial back the cardio and maybe like lift a little bit heavier, you know, like that's it. Yeah. And I like, I, and I totally see where you're at where you're like, Oh, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth because it's a double-edged sword because I know that like, there are some people who are like completely anti-cardio. They're like, no, you don't need it. You don't need to do that. Don't worry. You just need to eat in a calorie deficit and you need to strength train. But on the other hand, like cardio is beneficial for your fucking health, you guys. Like yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you can't, like you should, you shouldn't do like, you should not never, you should not <laughs> never do cardio. If that makes sense. Like, um, yeah. it is, it is, there are like certainly health benefits to getting your heart rate up with that said though. I mean, if you're, 
you know, there are plenty of, you know, if I do a heavy leg day, I mean, I'm getting my heart rate up. I feel like that's, um, that's got heart health benefits too. So, oh yeah. Um, Leg day is like cardio, especially if there are like walking lunges in it. Like I don't need to do cardio. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Those will kill you. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I love it because there are so many times where like, I have to explain, like I'll start to talk about it. I'm like, wait, hold on. Like as coaches, like we know that there is like so many different ways to exercise and to program. And so it's hard, like when, when you're talking to people who are just beginning, like when it's like, you're talking to people that you're, that are just beginning and you're like, well, you want to do resistance training, but you don't want to just do like whatever with dumbbells. Like you want to have a program, but you want to do cardio, but you don't want to overdo cardio. Like there's this, there's this balance, like there's this fine line. So I totally know, like, I I have to stop myself sometimes with like my own clients, like with beginner clients, because I'm like, okay, Brooke, you're going to just vomit like exercise info at them that they're not ready to digest. So oh yeah, I know it can be it's overwhelming. It's like, there is, there is more than one way to do things. And so but that's why coaching is, um, I think important, like if you can, if, if it's feasible for you to hire a coach, I think it's important because it's easy to go on Instagram and see a million different ways to do things and a million different opinions. And you're just trying to start out. It's like too much It's information overload and you don't have that person. You're coaching a client. You can say to yourself like, okay, don't don't like overwhelm them. Don't give them everything that I is in my brain right now. I'm going to give them what they need to know to, to progress them at the stage that they're in right now. Yeah. And it's so funny. Cause I was just having a conversation with my friend yesterday about this because I have a really bad tendency to like overanalyze and over critique, like my squat. And I do it so much. It drives me crazy. And she literally had to tell me yesterday, like, you just need to stop thinking and just lift. Like she's yeah. like, watching your videos. I can see you like going through the checklist and you're overthinking it and you're overwhelming yourself with information and you're not enjoying the process. And so I love that you, you bring that up because sometimes like you're going to save a lot more time. You might lose a little bit, or I don't even think you're losing money at that point. You're investing money mm-hmm. in a coach where you're going to get the answers that you're looking for. Like you're, you're going to get the answers that you're looking for, which is going to save you time. Like that's going to save you a lot of time. And if they're a good coach, they're going to understand where you're at and they're going to meet you where you're at. They're not going to just give you this program when you're a beginner where it's like, okay, we're going to do a five by five of deadlifts. We're going to superset that with like single leg glute bridges. And then we're going to do a leg finisher with like a two by 50 of leg extensions at the very end. Like they're, they're not going to do that. Like they're going to know where you're at, what your goals are, and they're going to help you specifically with what you're looking for. You're not going to get the stupid fucking Instagram swipe workouts of Becky yeah. and her big buns and her booty bands, like doing <laughs> fire hydrants. Like, <laughs> Yeah. In like thong bikinis. It's the best. It's oh the best. my gosh. I'm like, yeah. But, um, 
and that's the resilient lifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, that's the thing too, though. It's like now your ability to compare yourself to fitness professionals where their entire life is that it's just endless. Like you can compare yourself all day long to people like that. And it's not that their lifestyle is not feasible for most people. Yeah, so, totally. Um, Especially but, if you're a mom like, oh. or a dad, like if you're a parent, like you don't have like the time and oh, even and the either, energy to do that. No, exactly. But that's, I think a different, that's probably a different topic for a different day. That really is. That's <laughs> a whole nother can of worms. Like yeah. that, that is a whole nother can of worms. Cause it's, it really is like, that's a rabbit hole, <laughs> social yeah. media influencing and which isn't bad. I I have a friend who is an influencer and she's amazing, but it is like there, there's so many misconceptions out there with like, and I mean, shit guys, there's Photoshop, like, come on now. I saw an app called like face app where you can literally like make your face look smaller. And I'm like, Whoa, man, this is getting crazy. Like it's crazy. (laughs) so Megan if you could go back to the very beginning of your fitness journey what advice would you give yourself oh um (laughs) well I would probably uh tell myself to um do less circuit training (laughs) and maybe lift heavier weights uh, or not heavier but start you know doing traditional resistance training And um, I would probably tell myself to pay more attention to my nutrition and especially eating more protein. I spent probably a year, like when I started properly lifting weights, I didn't do anything with nutrition. Like I didn't eat, I didn't pay attention. I just ate whatever I wanted, Um, which, you know, is actually... I mean, most of the time it's pretty healthy stuff, but I wasn't like, um, I didn't spend any time like tracking or knowing what my food choices were or what the macros were protein or anything. And so for a while, I probably could have been building more muscle mass and more strength if I had been fueling my body properly. And so that was time, not necessarily wasted, but time wasn't optimal in like where I wanted to be. And so, yeah, I think it would be, um, do more traditional lifting instead of circuit training, uh, and cardio and pay more attention to what I put in my body, uh, earlier on. I love that. I honestly, I would tell myself the same thing in the beginning, like, yeah, (laughs) like, you can, you can be on the treadmill, but you gotta, you gotta wander into the weight room somehow. And I would have told myself to get myself a coach faster than I did. Yes. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. yeah. That would be the one thing I would, I go back and be like, just hire someone. You're going to waste a lot of time. <laughs> you are because I mean, we all need help. Like we, I think, um, it's not something that most people can do. Most people have goals that, they can get to with a coach, but couldn't get to on their own. If I'm being honest, it's, it's, um, they have an idea of how they want to look or how strong they want to be or, um, how, you know, fit they want to be. And 
it's hard to get there on your own without a coach because it's hard to hold yourself accountable. People have like those external life factors that it's really hard to account for. So like if you were a single person, a single female living by yourself, no kids, no job, or let's say you had like an easy job, whatever. Um, and your sole purpose in life was to, uh, lift weights, eat healthy. I mean, then you would have the physique of your dreams and that would be it, but that's not how life works. And so, yeah, I think hiring a coach, it's like, okay, they take into account your work life, your personal life, and then they can tailor like a program to you. And I think that there's a lot of like overthinking, like that happens if you don't have someone to help you, you need that extra help. So I could not agree more, Megan. I could not agree more. So are you ready for five rapid fire facts about you? I am not ready. And I can tell you when, because you sent me this in email <laughs> and we're doing this and I'm like, they're going to be not rapid because my brain does not like fire in a rapid way. So we'll, we'll keep, we'll try this. Um, but no promises. <laughs> okay. Well, my brain fires like a million miles a minute. So I need, okay. to, I'll dial I'll give you 15 seconds instead of 10. How about that? Okay. <laughs> okay. They're pretty easy questions though. Like number one, what is your favorite food? Sushi. Oh Amazing. my God. Yes. Love it. But like good, like good sushi, like authentic sushi, like not like, not like volcano rolls. Yeah. I like, like the, I like real, like the raw fish. Oh, like salmon sashimi. Yes. Oh, that's my jam girl. That's my jam. <laughs> All right. What is your favorite exercise? Oh, um, oh, this one's hard. Um, I would have to say, I mean, there's there, I, I guess I'll say, oh, this is hard. There are different exercises that I like for different reasons. Right now I'm kind of loving the squat because I'm starting to gain a little bit more strength in the squat and it's always been a hard movement for me. It's like the most challenging. Maybe you can relate based on what you said about your squat, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna say the squat. Okay. I like it. Who or what inspires you? Oh gosh. Um, I think, uh, I think seeing my clients like really pushing themselves and working hard, that is truly inspiring to me. And they happen to all be busy professional women that handle a lot of things. They're all moms. So they have a lot of balls in the air at any given moment. And they still make time to carve out, to, to train with me and put like a lot of effort that inspires me to like do my job, you know, like it makes yeah. me want to be a good coach for them. Cause I'm like, they're here for me too. Like, and, um, that's, uh, I love to see strong, um, intelligent women that is like super inspiring to me like I uh 
I mean, men are inspiring too. I want to <laughs> shout out to them too, but I, but that is, that's something that it makes me want to be a better human being, I guess. I love that answer. That is a really good answer, Megan. <laughs> what is your favorite binge worthy TV show? I got to tell you, so I have not been watching TV. I've been trying to read more books. Um, so the last show that I binge watched, um, gosh, what was it? I think it was Dexter. Like, well, that's which, a is, good one. <laughs> which fun fact, uh, I named my son after that show. Um, and so it was kind of like a big joke because obviously, um, spoiler, spoiler alert to anybody that hasn't seen the show, it, the main character Dexter is a serial killer, although he's a good serial killer. Um, but I just really like that name. So that's my son's name. So hopefully, hopefully that's not like bad. Juju. That's not, you know, I immediately, <laughs> when I think of Dexter, I think of Dexter's laboratory. Laboratory. Okay. Yes. I, I have like kind of fibbed sometimes, like depending on who I'm talking to about how I name <laughs> my son. And I'm like, yeah, it's from like Dexter's laboratory, like the cartoon, the cute cartoon, little nerd kid that's, that's like depending that's, on who it is <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I love that's actually really adorable like that's so adorable <laughs> I love it and Megan what are you most proud of um I think uh this year this past year I would say I'm most proud of myself for choosing to do something on my own as opposed to, um, because I, you know, I had kids and did have like a career before kids in um, medical sales. And then I stayed home. Then I worked for my husband for a while um, in his marketing department. And then I really kind of just wanted something that I could call my own and something that I could like do that I knew was helping people. And I've always sort of had that idea in my head that I wanted to do something to help um, women, especially, but that sort of played a compassionate role, but I'm a super sensitive person. So it's like, it, it had to be a role where I didn't, it didn't require a lot of um, major emotions <laughs> because yeah, I like cry sure. at the drop of a hat. And, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm proud of myself for, for kind of going off on my own, doing something that I'm passionate about and actually finding something that I love to do. So um, I encourage other people to do that too. It's, it's, if you can, it's really nice. And you won't regret it. You won't regret no. it. <laughs> no, so Megan, where can our listeners find you? Um, so I have an Instagram and a Facebook page, uh, both are daily underscore Megs. So, and then my website is dailymegs.com. I have a blog and that I've kind of neglected. I need to get better at that, but, um, but yeah. I, I have a blog that I've been neglecting too. And the people are like listening to this, like you have a blog. Like, yeah. But the last, but article, you have a podcast. This is I great. Do. I mean, yeah. I you're do. doing great. Like an audio vlog. <laughs> there we go. Okay, I feel better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Megan. I so appreciate it and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for having me. All right, Megan. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Donuts and Dumbbells podcast. I was so grateful that Megan was able to come on to this episode because I really love her content. So go ahead and visit the links below in the description. Go check out her information because she is a phenomenal coach. And if you'd like to leave a review for this podcast, it would be greatly appreciated. And I hope you have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon.